0: Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's Precious Metals News. It's Friday, March 23rd. I'm your host, Mike Maharry. Thanks for tuning in. Gold has rallied over the last couple of days. The price of the yellow metal rose to a two-week high early Friday on a softer dollar as investors scurried to safety after President Trump took a step toward long-promised anti-China tariffs, stoking fears of a global trade war. Bullion for immediate delivery jumped as much as 1.1% to 1,343.27 an ounce, the highest since February 20th in London. Gold is up 2% on the week, heading for the biggest gain since the period to February 16th. It surged 1.6% on Wednesday alone after the Federal Reserve signaled the pace of interest rate tightening won't accelerate this year. As I record this podcast, gold is trading at 1347.50. silver is at 1666, and the silver- gold ratio stands at 81.1. The Fed boosted the interest rate another 25 basis points. The target federal funds rate now stands at 1.75 percent. The dollar was down this week on a combination of trade war fears and the fact that the Fed apparently isn't thinking for rate hikes this year. The dollar index fell 0.3% to 89.632 Friday morning. Speaking of global tensions, the safe haven trade is back. Of course, we had the looming trade fight, and John Bolton's appointment as National Security Advisor adds risks of more muscular US approach to some of the world's hotspots, especially in Iran and North Korea. It looks like the long-rumored trade war is becoming a reality. The market Was not pleased. The Dow Jones industrial average fell more than 700 points Thursday after Trump imposed tariffs on $60 billion worth of Chinese imports. China is reportedly planning to slap tariffs on $3 billion worth of U.S. products, ranging from pork to steel pipes. Most analysts have blamed the stock market sell off on this trade issue, but I think the Fed has as much to do with it as anything. Despite not sounding quite as hawkish as some people thought they might, the Fed has promised to push forward with tightening. The stock market does not like the prospect of having its punch bowl taken away. Peter Schiff described Fed Chief Jerome Powell's approach, open mouth operation. That's pretty accurate. His goal seems to be to talk up the economy. He even went as far as to say the outlook for growth has been improving in recent weeks. But as Peter pointed out, it's actually been the opposite. Remember several weeks back when the Atlanta Fed was predicting something like 5.4% GDP growth for Q1? Well, about that. The projections they released last week was a paltry 1.8%. So how exactly is growth improving when you have a collapse from expecting 5.4% to expecting 1.8%? During the Q&A portion of Powell's press conference, the new Fed chair said he's not only expecting stronger economic growth, he also thinks unemployment will continue to fall and inflation will remain tame. He justified this projection simply based on the fact that unemployment has dropped over the last couple of years and we've seen little sign of price inflation. But as unemployment was coming down a couple of years ago, the dollar was going up. We had this huge rally in the dollar. We also had a big collapse in commodity prices oil prices came way down. That helped contain price inflation. There were also shrinking budget deficits that created confidence that the U.S. economy was going to rebound and the dollar was going to remain strong. All of this helped keep inflationary forces at bay. None of this is true today. In fact, everything is the exact opposite. Oil is up, the dollar is down, we have the twin deficits in the federal budget and in U.S. trade. So as Peters said, the Fed is completely wrong to be so sanguine about inflation. To say simply because we didn't have it in the past that we're not going to have it in the future is a little bit silly. I guess they never heard the saying, past performance is no guarantee of future success. Another reporter asked Powell if he was concerned rising interest rates would have an adverse impact on the overall economy. He said he wasn't worried at all because we have the strongest economy we've had in 10 years. Of course, they were saying the same thing 10 years ago, you know, right before the big crash. 10 years ago, everything imploded. And why did it implode? Well, we had all of this debt and interest rates were rising. Those higher rates served as the pin that pricked the bubble and caused everything to implode. The same thing is happening now, except we have even more debt. Speaking of debt, in a vote just after midnight Friday, the Senate passed a 1.3 trillion omnibus spending bill averting a government shutdown while paving the way for the next funding fight ahead of the midterm elections yes they passed a bill but only uh, it only works through september it increases military and domestic programs it delivers federal funds throughout the country and it exceeds budget caps according to reporting i've read it adds about one trillion dollars to the national debt So debt is going up and up and up, and so are interest rates. It doesn't take a financial genius to know this is not a good dynamic. We talk a lot about the Fed and interest rates. That's because monetary policy has a huge impact on the economy. Most people fixate on government and tax policy, you know, Republicans and Democrats and what regulations they have, all that stuff. And sure, that's important. But the Fed is the biggest factor driving the economy in this boom bust cycle. All this government policy, every Republican and uh, Democrat plan in the world isn't going to override the impact of the Fed. As if, for instance, I wrote an article earlier this week on the coming retail apocalypse. Toys R Us announced it's closing all of its stores and Claire's filed for bankruptcy this month. It's easy to blame Amazon, but the big problem plaguing retail is the mountain of debt. You see a theme here, debt and rising interest rates. It's like dynamite and blasting caps, and we're about to get a big boom. You can read more about how the Fed has inflated a retail bubble at shiftgold.com news, and I'll link to the article in our show notes page. Now, I think for a lot of people, all of this Fed stuff is kind of up in the atmosphere somewhere. It's, it's all this macro policy, and you might wonder, what do these rate hikes really mean to me? Well, if you have debt, or if you're planning on buying a house or a car or some other big ticket item in the near future, it means a lot. In a nutshell, it means your debt is going to cost you more money. And that's not good in an America where household debt has spiraled to record levels. Just as a for example, your credit bill will likely tick up within the next few billing cycles as your interest rate nudges higher. According to the Federal Reserve data reported by Reuters, the rate hike on Wednesday will add about $1,250 a year in interest to a credit card with a balance of $5,000 and an interest rate of 14.99%, which is the average right now. Now, that doesn't sound like a whole lot, but consider the Fed is talking about another two rate hikes this year, so that'll bring the total cost increase to $3,750. Okay, that still doesn't sound like a whole lot of money, and I guess it's not, but multiply that amount by millions of Americans with credit card balances, and suddenly you're talking about a whole lot of money flowing out of consumers' pockets into credit card company vaults. And all of that money going to credit card companies is money that can't go to your local retailer. You also have to consider the cumulative effect. After all, we've had, what, five rate increases now since late 2015? You add all of that together, and by the end of this year, you're talking about $100 a year for the average credit card consumer. And Americans have amassed record high levels of credit card debt. Revolving debt grew by $26 billion in the fourth quarter of 2017 alone. That was a 3.2% increase. Americans have run up an $834 billion credit card tab. Meanwhile, flows into serious delinquency have increased steadily since the third quarter of 2016. So even a small uptick in interest rates means millions of dollars in extra interest expense payments for Americans. Of course, your credit card statement isn't the only place you'll see higher payments as interest rates climb. Adjustable rate mortgages, home equity lines of credit, auto loans, and other loans with variable interest rates will also go up. Then you have the fact that it's going to push fixed mortgage rate's higher, and that's not good news for the real estate market. Pundits and politicos expect economic growth as far as the eye can see, but it's a little hard to grow the economy when Americans have to pay more and more every month just to service their ever-growing debt. And then, of course, you have the federal debt issue. Their interest rates are going up, and their debt payments are going up, too. Americans are already broke, and it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon. Like I said, debt and rising interest rates, dynamite and blasting caps. Pretty soon, it goes boom. This is why you should be thinking about buying gold and silver now. Call 1-888-GOLD-160 and talk to a ship Gold Precious Metal Specialist today to learn more. Well, that's a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more, and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, please subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap over at iTunes for free. There's a link on our show notes page. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again next week.